Eldridge talking One about wife, Tim, read ahead and gets his book, which I do recommend, by the way. That word that's, that's uh, listed as respectable come from, comes from a familiar Greek word, cosmios, where we get our word cosmetic from. So what do you look like on the outside? But obviously, it's not completely uh, and a completely equivalent term because what you look like on the outside better be matched by what you look like on the inside. And that's what we're going to spend most of the time today talking about. So respectability, as it's defined scripturally, means to be decorous so that we display Christ to advantage in our lives. So that when someone sees us and they know we're a believer, that, that those two messages are consonant. It's a lot more, and as I said, uh, than outward forms. Because if there's a disconnect between the outward forms and the inward reality, that eventually will come out. It's a window uh, into our lives to help people to see, hopefully, what Christ is like through what they see in us. And it's a window for us to display that to a world that desperately needs him. It's similar to being that, uh, the, to the topic I first taught, which must mean that God knows there's a weakness there because he wants me to do the same thing again. Um, similar to being good, a good repute, a life that merits being well spoken of by men and women of integrity and that points the glory to Christ. So if you unpack that a little, I hate that word unpack, but I'll use it anyway. If you unpack that a little bit, a life that merits being well spoken of. So it's a life that genuinely has a quality about it that merits uh, acclaim. Well spoken of by who? Because we're going to talk in a little bit about the fact that the fact that you're well spoken of doesn't necessarily mean that you're right. It just means you're well spoken of. But who's speaking well of you? Well, men and vision, men and women of integrity and trust. And then lastly, and most importantly, that points the glory to Christ. It's someone who's respectable, but that whose respectability reflects credit upon Jesus Christ. Because the pointiveness of respectability is to draw attention to him, not to us. I mean, it's nice that if I ever were respectable, that I was respectable, to draw attention to Christ, but it's, the point is not me. It has a bad reputation because of another word that, that um, I list there for you in your notes, hypocrisis, from which, obviously, we get our word hypocrite. A hypocrite, the word hypocrisis has to do, it originally meant a reply, but now it, uh, it evolved to mean an actor, someone who wore a mask, and the face beneath the mask was different than the mask itself. So, and in our culture... And we hear this a lot, undoubtedly, I know you've seen it in media. You may have heard it in conversation in the office or in the neighborhood. Um, that's a reputation that Christians have of being hypocrites. Sometimes it's, it's really invalid because people misunderstand what the Scriptures say or they misinterpret actions or perhaps because we're getting a little too close to home or Christ is knocking on the door of their lives. They have to do something to fend that off, and so the charge of hypocrites comes out. Other times, it's because it's true, because we really do misrepresent Christ by our actions. 
<clears throat> to me, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16, uh, familiar passage to you. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance of life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? So that's what reciprocity is meant to convey. We are to be that fragrant aroma. Oh, boy, we got some slides. That's really good. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, we are to be effective representatives of Christ. Uh, I'll come back to that respectability does not necessarily equate to, to popularity. But remember that one man's aroma is another man's stench. And that's going to be true of us. Even if we are, which hopefully we are, an effective aroma of Christ, we accurately represent Christ, that's not necessarily a popular message because it reminds those around us who are against him, who are yet his, of their own fate. It doesn't make you very popular. So the fact that you're opposed doesn't necessarily mean you're not respectable. You're not acting in such a way as to display Christ. It may mean the very opposite. It may mean you're exactly what you're saying. Daniel, for example, <coughs> neither man particularly popular in his time among certain quarters. I mean, Daniel was unpopular among a certain group. Jeremiah was unpopular everywhere. Nobody really liked him. Uh, not because he wasn't a godly man, but because he was a godly man, and he was saying the message that they didn't want to hear. That's So the result of that is you get thrown in a pit. Um, so if that's happening to you, if you get thrown in a pit, that probably means you're doing something right. Um, our responsibility is to accurately and lovingly reflect Christ. The response of others is not our job. Now, a caution with that, and this is something I ran into particularly on, on my last ship, um, I need to beware claiming that I'm being persecuted when I'm really not performing very well. To not hide behind that as an excuse for my own failings. If I cause offense, that's on me. If the gospel causes offense, that's Christ's job to worry about. I don't have to worry about it. But I do need to be able to separate those two and to discern, because, and we talked about this really in uh, of being of good repute, criticism, even if ill-founded, sometimes has truth in it. So I need to be able to, this is a term I used before, I need to be able to sift through it, pick out, sort of like kitty litter, I guess, uh, pick out the, <laughs> see, you'll remember that image. Pick out the nuggets that are true, <laughs> so to speak, and apply them to my life and let the rest go back into the box. Okay, could we go to the next one? Okay, how are we doing? And why did I put appearance first? I put appearance first because when I first started working on this lesson, God said, that's the one you need to pay attention to. Um, 
avoiding extremes of display or dilapidation. I really like the alliteration there. Um, I, and you probably know this about me if you've known me for a, long, a while, I certainly don't display. I do dilapidate a fair amount. So, and sometimes that can be distracting from the people around us. Um, so I need to account for cult cultural expectations and norms. I need to not be, you know, driven by them to ridiculous extremes in either way. But I do need to account for the fact that I need to avoid becoming an issue. I need to avoid letting my appearance being an issue with somebody else in terms of how they rea react to Christ. So in my case, it's, I usually aim too low. For a few of us, I don't know that it's really much of a problem with men around here, but for a few of us, it may be aimed too high. That's probably not true. But um, some of us, particularly guys who are retired, frankly, um, sometimes we aim too low. Not focusing ourselves and not worrying about somebody else's appearance, but being concerned that I'm listening to God with respect to mine. Language. I'm sure that nobody has a problem with this, but just in case, um, I'll give you a couple of verses there. One is uh, Proverbs 12, 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So I need to avoid being destructive on my language. It doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be particularly pious, you know, in, in the sense of... Um, being unnatural, but it does mean I need to be careful. And probably um, in the workplace, particularly if you come from a service environment, if, especially if you come from the Navy, and particularly if you come from submarines in the Navy, you really have to be careful with that. So that language builds up rather than tears down. And a subset of language is gossip. I put up, I think this was um, Bill Gothard's definition Institute of Basic Youth Conflicts, sharing derogatory information about someone with a third party who is part neither of the problem nor of the solution. I've never had a problem with this, but probably some of you have. And I know who it is. So. Um, and the verse I gave you there was uh, Proverbs 25, 23. The north wind brings rain and a backbiting tongue angry looks. Anger, again, not a problem here, but just in case. Uh, righteous anger, it might be, probably not. In my case, I, I look at my life and I say, the times I've been righteously angry, pretty limited. The times I've been angry, not very limited. So it may, as I note here, and this is particularly, may be anonymous, you know, driving on the beltway. Uh, maybe because of some, what someone else has done. It may be because of what I'm doing, and I seek to defend myself. But it can really be um, a deflection. It can really, particularly if I have an FGL sticker, uh, turn people away from Christ. If I have an FGL sticker and they know what it means. Um, work. <coughs> and I talked about this a little bit already. I need to display integrity and diligence. I need to seek to make others successful, and I need to credit them for their work. <coughs> one of the real things that turns people away from Christian supervisors is when their work, when represented to people above the supervisor, becomes his work. So, anyway, 
Just take from that what you will. Social life. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all, that I might win the more. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being without law toward God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, and I may share in its blessings. What a chameleon. Who is this guy? He's not really true to himself. Yeah, he's very true to himself. Even more important, he's true to Christ. But he's determined that nothing in him is going to, as much as he can control it, will be a barrier to somebody else hearing about Christ or seeing Christ in him. So the degree, he stresses the commonality. Remember that clip that Darren showed uh, for the guys who were at the retreat, the clip, the guy with the weird mustache? Um, that clip on um, stressing, the div- seeing the face of God and what other people are doing and telling him that as a means of evangelism. This, to me, that's part of this. That's stressing the, what we have in common rather than stressing what divides us as a technique of evangelism. Anyway, that's for free. Uh, and then the church, uh, promoting unity, building one another up. Um, it's extraordinary if you go through the New Testament, when you go through the New Testament, and look at the word unity, how often it's mentioned, and how close to the heart of God it is. So if I end up in a situation where I feel compelled to do something that will divide, I need to be really careful. You get a lot of godly counsel before I proceed with something like that, because the unity of the church is close to the heart of God. And things that are close to the heart of God, he cares about a lot. And he will, he works to maintain. Okay. <clears throat> a related word to respectability in my mind is honor. It's not a word that we hear a lot about. Well, in our circles we do. But in our culture at large, it's not a word that we hear about a lot except in negative contexts, you know, honor killings and that sort of thing. But there's much more to it. There's a, do you have the clip there? Okay, this clip. This is a movie called The Emperor's Club. There's a little bit of crude language in one part of it. Um, I, I need to set a context for it, though. So Kevin Klein, the guy you see here, is a professor or a teacher at a, men, at a boys' school and <coughs> teaches Western civilization. It's a, it's a really good movie on integrity. And... He had one student who was talented but lazy. And you'll see some character flaws that come out here. Um, And he really took it upon himself to develop that that, uh, young boy and to see him flower. And he did uh, become extremely successful in life, as you'll see here. Uh, But there was an underlying character flaw that Klein, as his teacher, saw but never dealt with. Now, he couldn't fix it. It's not his to fix. But he never really helped the young man identify and deal with it. So what is happening now is there is a, a contest. It's called the Julius Caesar. And they used to do it when they were back in school. Now they're adults. The young boys have grown up. And they're doing the contest again. 
and it's a knowledge contest, it's a quiz on Western civilization. Why don't you roll it here? Hmm. That's not, not really what I meant, but. Which tribes invaded Rome in 102 BC? Take your time. This is the young man. The Teutons. Oh, um, God. Um, Take a stab here. Um, the Kimbri? That is correct. Well done. I'm impressed. How have you been appearing, Sedgwick? Uh, very good, Mr. Honor. Very, very good, yeah. Well, I thought you might have known. Who is the poor mercenary who is feeding you the answers? Oh, just some graduate student gave him a couple hundred bucks and a warm meal. Trust you keep this between us. Always. I trust you will. Do you mean am I going to go out there and expose you for a liar and a cheat? No. I'm a teacher, Cedric. I failed you. But I will give you one last lecture, if I may. All of us, at some point, are forced to look at ourselves in the mirror and see who we really are. And when that day comes for you, Sedgwick, you will be confronted with the life lived without virtue, without principle. And for that, I pity you. End of lesson. What can I say, Mr. Honored? Jet. Honestly, who out there gives a shit about your principles and your virtues? I mean, look at you. What do you have to show for yourself? I live in the real world where people do what they need to do to get what they want. And if it's lying and it's cheating, then so be it. So I am going to go out there and I am going to win that election, Mr. Hundred, and you will see me everywhere. And I'll worry about my contribution later.
Robert. Respectability. Make sure it's on the inside <coughs> as well as the outside. Okay, questions. Uh, what's an area in which you feel you are justly? I think I lost the mic. What's an area in which you feel you're justly respected? And how did you get that way? It's easy in, in talks like these to stress the negative. But it isn't all negative. You know, there are areas in which you are looked up to. What are those, and how did you get to, be that, get to that position? And then, what's the most significant disconnect? You can't think of one, ask your wife. Um, I always find that. I was, I was counseled years ago, uh, go out on a date night every week, and that's counsel I still pass on. And when you're on that date night, ask your wife, is there something I need to do better or something I need to stop doing? It's amazing that it's a question that rarely fails to elicit a response. So. Not because of her, but because of me. And what might God want you to do about that? And then lastly, is there an area in which you might have lost respectability? And then how might you start rebuilding it? Okay, thank you very much.